0: Jurassic Park 3 Minute, where we will be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, One Minute at a Time. I'm Brad i okay. And today we're back to discuss Minute 6 of Jurassic Park 3. David, what have you been up to this week?
1: A uh, new Halloween movie came out. The, the long wind final, finally that we got a traditionally um, uh, Michael Myers non remake timeline. Movie in the uh, theaters again, so it's great to see Michael back. I thought it was incredible. It was a uh, great movie. I actually really enjoyed it. It was really cool. I I like that they kind of changed the rules around. And this one, Laurie Strode is no longer Michael's sister. They wiped the entire slate clean. So this is a new Michael Myers that they essentially created a new shape. For us to uh, enjoy, mm. and so it's really cool that because he, I mean, this is Michael you see, he's just, in teen, knocking around, teen, knocking off teenagers, aren't isn't just in the game anymore. It's now, it reminds me of the quote from um, the sheriff from the first movie where he says that that Haddonfield's families and children all rose up and down the streets of uh, Haddonfield. And he's saying that uh, uh, Luminous, which was played by uh, the late, great Donald Plessence, that they're lined up for a slaughterhouse. In this movie, they are. I mean, Michael's just slaughtering his way. He's he's out for revenge in this one. He's, <laughs> his bloodlust is greater than it's ever been.
0: Mm. Yeah, he's cause killing so, everybody. <laughs> cause I, it's sort of similar to... Um... Text change so I think Rob Zombie done a, a, a side shoot um, with a Halloween didn't he? And it sort of changed a lot of canon and now they've sort of brought it back.
1: Uh, he did a couple remake, yeah, uh, a couple remake movies. The first one where I thought was better than the second one. The second one he just went off the rails with <laughs> it, in it. It was um like uh what, what was the one that he did uh with
0: the Not clowns House of a Thousand Corpses.
1: No, the yeah. one the old uh. Uh, it was like Devil's Rejects,
0: oh. but,
1: with, but with Michael Myers. Yep, <laughs> it, was, it was awful. <laughs>
0: no, that's good, and it's good to see some of these older franchises coming back and um, having success again. Like, even though sort of it was more of a rebate, reboot than what the um, than a sequel to what's come before, it mm-hmm. was highly successful as well. And here we are at Halloween oh, time.
2: Is... <laughs>
1: This one is complete reboot, 100%. It's a direct sequel to the first movie. It is wiping everything else out. Mm. It's, and so, I think it's really interesting because originally, as, as John Carpenter wrote the first, uh, not direct, I almost said first, part, <laughs> the first Halloween, it was originally titled the Babysitter Murders, and the only reason it was called the Halloween. Was because it was set around Halloween and it was suggested that would have been a better and more marketable title. But initially, Michael Myers actually wasn't even a My- My- Michael Myers. He was only known as the Shape. Mm-hmm. The only time he's only either the Shape or Michael. He is not related to Judith Myers. He was not related to Laurie Strode. He was just some random six-year-old boy who decided to go nuts and stab his babysitter, and then he breaks out. Uh, fifteen years later, and stabbed some more babysitters. I, it's interesting because it was it was not until Halloween two that John Carpenter was contractually obligated to write by Universal Studios that he, he basically bulldozed the uh, through the script on a six pack of beer. <laughs> and it's it's not his most inspired work. He was kind of forced to write it by Universal Studios because they sued him to write it and he just included the sister angle because Universal wanted a something of interest to give the story more oomph Hmm. like they wanted they wanted a reason to give Michael a reason and Michael doesn't need a reason he's just a killer he he'll go up and down the street just killing anybody he wants no, he is the boogeyman, and I think in respects to that, this movie brings back that feeling. Yes, Judith is still his sister; he's still Michael Myers, but Laurie is no longer his sister, uh, his sister, and it opens up the gates that now Michael can kill anybody. He's not just after his family; he's after everybody.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's good when they just sort of leave motives and that alone and. It's not. It's not a case of Jason being fired from the the meat slaughtering house, or or anything like that. Or all being drowned in Crystal Lake. It's just he's he's just the villain, and that's it. He's, there's no no need for motivations. He's just doing doing what he does best.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Mm. Exactly. Oh, fantastic. Glad glad you liked, him. by the looks of the box office and that, and Rotten Tomatoes it's doing pretty good as well.
1: Oh yeah, it's uh, set to actually. I I think it's going to overtake. Uh, Venom as the biggest October opener in uh, movie history.
0: Good. <laughs> Asterix, I hope. <laughs> uh, I have not seen Venom, but yeah. Uh,
1: I haven't either, but I'm kind of interested in it. Mm. Even though I mean, even though it has nothing to do with Spider-Man. I mean, despite being part of the Spider-Man rogue gallery, he has nothing. <laughs> this movie really has no is not set as in part of Marvel's Spider-Man. Anything. Still looks interesting.
2: You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. Well that's it. Give it a shot and make up your own mind. Doctor Grant. Paul Kirby. Kirby Enterprises. Uh, my card. How you doing, Billy? To um to get us a little bit more back on topic, I um last Saturday morning I got a message from a friend here. We've got a little Facebook messenger group in my local area that sort of if they see something new turn up at toy stores and that, they'll message, post photos and that, and someone posted me a photo of the uh, Super Colossal T-Rex at a store I don't really frequent, and um, I ended up making the drive into town especially just to go and get it, because I knew if I um, waited until Monday morning, it'd be gone. And I uh, went in there, and it was 45% off. So... <laughs> That's not, only I, yeah, not only did I find one, but I found one at nearly half price, and... This thing is fantastic. It does have some paint issues. There's some little dots on it that look like um, the paint hasn't quite gone on right across the arms and the head, but I don't really mind it. I don't. It hasn't knocked off the um, the fresh and fro for my favourite Mattel figure yet. Uh, just because that fresh and fro has got a little bit more playability and it scales with some of the kind of stuff. I love having it next to the the mobile command, the mobile lab playset from um, <laughs> the Lost World, and that. Which is sort of leading me to really want to get a second fresh and fro, and there's a couple of guys here in my Transformers group that sort of do custom painting on that, and I'm going to try and put one of them to task and see if they can uh, paint an animal. So I've got to uh, message you a little bit later and ask for some inspiration for that uh, Lost World male T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> what, what references mainly? Do you go off the Crash artwork, or do you go off some stills from the film?
2: I
1: do not go off uh, concept art as, as often as I can help it. Just because a concept art is always there to give you an idea mm-hmm. of what the final product to look like is supposed to look like, but it's not the final product. And in essence, the um, many uh, aspects of the Jurassic Park universe reflect that. For example, the final product for... Uh, the uh, T-Rex and, the, and the, a lot of the dinosaur designs does not re, isn't reflected in the concept art. Same with um, like even some of the di- building designs. The final approved concept art for the worker village still doesn't look like wor- the worker village as we see it in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah, and we'll definitely definitely talk more about that when we get to the lab a little bit later as well. Yeah, no, that's all right. We'll, we'll work something out.
1: In my opinion, is always use the movie or behind the scenes as much as you can.
0: Yeah.
1: You do you you should keep in mind that filters do affect the color of some of uh, dinosaurs and the images in the movie. But if you can get a clear good shot of something, even if it's even if the best image of it is just a behind the scenes image, use that image. Mhm. Use the best lighting image you can. Use the clearest you can. I'll send you some stuff.
0: Yeah, oh great. Because I think we're lucky too, where you've got Stan Winston that done all the work. Um, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. I'm guessing for the most part the CG models were modeled off the animatronic and not off the concept art as well. So mm-hmm. um, we've got we've got behind the scenes stuff there. even now where Stan Winston's posting videos up and that, and we're seeing behind the scenes stuff with with the animals with the lights on. Essentially, we're not seeing them in the dark mm-hmm. in the rain and trying to mm. try to figure out how how bright or how colored to make them so
1: no I have um, in my collection an entire full uh, folder with subsections uh, devoted just to the lost world male t-rex
0: <laughs> I ha- the have I opened I a can of worms? What's that? What's that? Have I opened a can of worms? <laughs>
1: a little bit, yes. Because then I got the folder, and then I uh, divide it between the the maquette, the animatronic, and the T and the CGI. And then I further divide that by the by uh, the Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and even post Jurassic Park 3. Because after even at, up to Jurassic Park 3, you can see that some of the paint in on. Um, the Bull T-Rex is starting to yellow. Hmm. And it only got worse after the, um, animatronic, after Jurassic Park 3 when they just mounted the uh, animatronic head at the Stan Winston Studio workshop.
0: Uh, no, that's alright. That's a, um, that's a can of worms I'm quite happy to swallow. and <laughs> <laughs> <eat So>, up.
1: <laughs> so you're going to have to be very specific when you uh, ask me what you want, which reference you want, because the the CGI does not look the same as the animatronic, and even the animatronic doesn't look the same across the movies.
2: Mm.
0: Yep. No, that's all right. That's something we can discuss later on in the week <laughs> in Messenger. Jack, <laughs> okay. Say my say my name. Is my name Alan? Is my name Alan? <laughs> he used to know me. That gets us into one new story we're going to hit on here. Mattel have revealed uh, the first look at the 2019 Jurassic World line that they're introducing, titled Dino Rivals, mm-hmm. which we are getting some new figures. A lot of uh, There are a few here that are just repaints of what we've already seen. David, anything here sort of tickling your fancy?
1: Oh, yeah. There's a couple <laughs> things here. Um, I will say that the uh, Herrerasaurus... I think that's the the one with the long snout, right? It was red in the last in the first release. Yeah, yep. It's still ugly.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's still ugly. and now they added a looks like a ramphirincus that is also ugly now. Absolutely ugly. Mm. But there are some there are some gems in here. I do like the new um I do like the re- repaint of the protoceratops. I think it looks more energetic and uh, inviting than the previous paint job which I found rather dull. We also got the Dracorex, which um, I can't tell if it's a retool of the Stagimoloch, but I don't know. It doesn't entice me. The colors are too close to the Stiggy. The sculpt is too close to the Stiggy. I, I'm just gonna stick with the Stiggy there. Mm, yep. The new we got a new Velociraptor repaint. Now, it's uh, repaint of the basic blue pack. I think that uh, Mattel might be going for Echo here. I'm not 100% sure, but it has that kind of mustard yellow color with the blue striping. Mm. It looks a little Echo-inspired from Jurassic World.
0: Yeah, and it's good just to just to not get another blue, even though it's the same figure. <laughs> but um, having this figure to be able to sort of fill out the Raptor Pack is, um, is good to see. I... One disappointment I see here. There's only one vehicle, which is Owen in an ATV that has a uh, yeah. dino Catch clawing. We've we've been following the mm-hmm. Mattel releases since the beginning now, and it really looked like when they mentioned it was the Jurassic World line was going to be ongoing and not just movie year releases. Um, we're hoping for other Jurassic Park themed stuff, and now we're sort of where where the most for the most part the molds look good. It's mm-hmm. It's essentially now just we're just going to make random dinosaurs and put the Jurassic World logo on them. Because um, for me, I really, well, yes, I'm a dinosaur fan. I'm still sort of as a collector. I really only want stuff that's in the films. Like it would be hard as much as I'd like that Dimorphodon. That's sort of, well, it's yes, there was one in the original Canaline that looks a lot <laughs> different to this. But although it was in um, Lockwood's museum, wasn't it? Wasn't there a gym, didn't the dimorphodon, didn't I thought I'd seen a pic, a screen cap during the week of that Dimorphodon even for the Dilophosaurus in that somewhere in um, Lockwood's estate. I
1: can't remember if it was in Lockwood's estate or not.
0: Oh, did I say dimorphodon or Dimatron <laughs> Oh
1: no, yeah, yeah Treton yeah. state <laughs> and it looks a lot like the one here,
0: actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. I gotta say one of the gems out of the out of the um, this assortment here though, is that Styracosaurus. Mm-hmm. The paint looks absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's kind of muted, but it has this iridescence to it that just looks incredible. It, it, I mean, it looks r- realistic, but it also has this beauty to it, you know, like mm-hmm. in the color.
0: Yep. Yep. Um. So yeah. A few, few yeah, sure. here, they've got the, the attack pack assortment with some of the smaller ones in it, the strike, Savage Strike assortment, so they're going for that whole Dino, <laughs> dino versus Dino thing here where um, we're going to get to that later on in a few minutes where we think that was a bad idea, but <laughs> <laughs> I love here they've got sort of battle damage, they've got a repaint of the uh, Pteranodon in a lot brighter colour, especially that yellow on the wings, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we're getting the Plesiosaur which
2: yeah.
0: I, w- I would have loved if this was a redo of the Mosasaur <laughs> mold, but it's not that big, it's I a a small, small one, sort of like your, uh, like your Stegosaur and that come out in the Jurassic World line, or Fallen Kingdom line, so that's good to see. <laughs> repainted the Stegosaur. What's
1: that?
0: Repainted the Stegosaur as well.
1: Yeah, I repainted the Stegosaurus, and the um, Stegimlock like that I think comes with the tracker set with uh, Owen mm. which looks like a, just another repack of his figure yep. I think the uh, Plesiosaur is interesting though because this is actually the first Plesiosaur in any or yeah actually it is in any um, Jurassic Park toy line
0: I was going to ask you about that because I can't recall um, ever seeing seeing one or dealing with one
1: and yeah, it is it's
0: groundbreaking mm. and it's a nice looking figure too so oh yeah it yeah.
1: is
0: yeah and then we get to uh slightly bigger ones um it's not the uh the fresh and fro it's the bite and fight Tyrannosaurus rex where there seems to be a little bit more or well, different articulation in the mm-hmm. neck more,
1: more articulation and a duller color scheme that looks a bit more accurate to screen i think
0: yeah definitely that darker so that darker brownie color instead of the lighter
1: in the current, the current assortment, or the current coloration of the
0: uh.
1: of the tyrannosaurs, have this kind of brownish uh, orange, it's almost like a burnt sepia
0: color. Hmm. Yep, the 90 degree head movement in, of the head when you push the uh. the action button.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah, that definitely looks nice, and of course, they are. Uh, Re-releasing the Super colossal T Rex in the Dino Rivals as well, which sort of looks. There's a bit of extra reddish paint on it that there may be just the the photo, but um, for the most part, it looks identical to what's already been out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the the Walmart one, wasn't it, it had the um, the battle damage, red marks for the cuts on its face and. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and
1: this one's just a repack. But something actually not pictured here is um. That we have seen a teaser of is a concave venator mm-hmm. it's uh like it's similar to the one uh that was in lockwood's di- dioramas but the sculpt is a lot better it's a lot more accurate and it's kind of got this charcoal gray coloration with red highlights i think it looks really really cool
2: yeah
0: and when we sort of talked um talked a few a few months ago when we we're sort of getting word of more figures on the way, I think it was after one of the cons, that it's, um, it's good just to see an, uh, toys of animals that uh, you wouldn't normally get toys of, whether it's Jurassic or even the third party and all the KO stuff out there, so all those companies that actually do dinosaurs as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, anything else on those figures you want to discuss before we get into today's minute?
1: Uh, the Allosaurus here, uh, we kind of skipped over there, that. That's also, not the not I'm sorry, the Sucumimus. Oh, yeah, yep. Is also getting a repaint here. And I'm going to admit, I did not care for the, I, when I finally saw it in person, I didn't care for the Sucumimus coloration in this issue. Um, I think in this the current issue of the uh, Sucumimus gives it kind of an overly aquatic feel mm-hmm. and overly accentuates the spine which has the sculpt that almost looks like fish fins. I think the browner sculpt that is here in the re-release looks actually a lot better, and I think it looks more Jurassic in a way.
0: Yeah, the colors the colors sort of feel a lot better mm-hmm. um, in sort of, yeah, showing off that spine, especially the ones go up behind the head and that behind the head. Because, again, if you're going to put a larger spine on this, and people are just going to think it's a spinosaur. <laughs> All right, um... Ready to minute six?
1: Sure.
2: As we end on minute five of Jurassic Park 3, Alan failed in trying to get Jack the parrot to talk. While Ellie laughs, he returns to the dining table and says, he used to know me. As we begin minute six, Mark comes back over to the table with a, with a jug of coffee and gives it to Ellie. She then goes on to tell Alan that Mark's working at the State Department. She then goes on to tell him that Mark's working at the State Department now and out of curiosity, Alan asks what exactly is it that he does there. At the 14 second mark, the conversation's broken up by the baby crying. Ellie goes to get up to go and tend to the baby, but Marx tells her to stay there and to keep catching up, and he'll go and tend to the baby's crying. At the 26 second mark, Ellie asks Alan what he's working on now, and he replies, raptors mostly, and he asks her if he remembers the sounds they made. As the minute continues, Alan goes on to explain to Ellie how they weren't even close in guessing the intelligence of the raptors. How they found resonating chambers in raptor skulls that suggest that there could have been complex communication, much like birds today. And as the minute ends, with a stunned look on her face, Ellie says they could talk to each other. And this ends the sixth minute of Jurassic Park 3. As we end the
0: last minute, Alan sat down the... the, uh dining table with Ellie and Mark had brought over a cup of coffee, fairly and um, she's telling Alan that uh, Mark's working for the State Department now, and Mm -hmm. Alan asks what he does, and he explains it's uh, mostly international relations and treaty law, which I still don't really understand how that ties into the end of the film, but we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's also, we'll get to the script a little bit later, Mark's a lot more of a dick to Alan (laughs) than what we see here
1: I think it's kinda of funny because in the final in this final cut here it kinda of comes off with the opposite. Um Alan kinda of, is like Alan's turning to uh, Mark Hughes like So what do you do with my ex girlfriend right now? Uh, yeah. what do you do? Hmm? Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And we um <laughs> as he sort of uh where are we? this sort of interrupts, as the baby begins to cry and um, we get a a shot here of Grant smiling, the wickedest smile, like he just wants to kill Mark. <laughs> it's sort of it's it's hard, it's hard sort of watching this after because Event Horizon came out before this as well, where <laughs> he's just pure evil. And I sort of get some of those looks on his face here, and when he starts talking Ellie, he starts getting this real wicked grin on his face, which <laughs> which makes me wonder how he would have gone at playing a character like the Joker or something.
1: Ah. <laughs> uh. Who, Sam Yeah, yeah. Actually did play, uh... The Antichrist in the third Omen movie.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, but, um... Mark sort of, um... Offers to go and tend to the child to leave uh, Alan and Ellie alone to catch up. And he has a little nice little dig there. Um... Alan sort of smiles while suggesting that he's a great guy, and it's sort of hard to watch that you can clearly see, and we'll talk last minute how he feels like a fifth, a third wheel already. mm mm-hmm. um, And Ellie asks him what he's been working on, and he replies, Raptors mostly, which... If that's his area of expertise, yes, it's been a little while since 93, but if um, that's what you focus on, then main, <laughs> mainly you'd be focusing on Raptors, so... Um, but Ellie smiles and says it's a favourite, which a lot of what she's saying here and replying to Alan like she really doesn't want to bring up the memories of what happened at Jurassic Park especially the Raptors
1: no she really doesn't I mean and I also noticed that this one kind of that the way she responds it's like oh my favorite like she's being she's definitely being sarcastic Yeah. Mm, yep she they're, they're not her favorite
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's also goes lends itself to the possibility or the I don't know if it's Canon, or if it's just fan fan head cannon that um, he's sort of suffering a lot of PSD in this and that, maybe what broke them up, and at the start, at the end of it was just his either obsession or fear of the Raptors, and um, and this is sort of all well, here we go, we're going back and we're talking Raptors again. Where it's probably the last thing they ever said to each other before she walked out or whatever mm. happened. But Alan sort of, <laughs> do you remember the sounds they used to make? And Ellie says, I try not to. Uh, <laughs> It's just every every response she's trying to shoot down. <laughs> yeah,
1: she, she does not want the conversation going in this direction.
0: But uh, Alan continues, Ellie, all our theories about raptor intelligence, that what they were capable of, we weren't even close. And um, it sort of has Ellie intrigued a little bit. Sharks grant to tell him all, and he continues, well, we did cranial scans with a fossilised skull, and we found it looks like a very sophisticated resonant, resonance chamber. Um, and Ellie sits up and sort of... I more so, she's hearing something she hasn't heard before, so she's showing a little bit more interest. And um it says, wait, wait a second, we're we'll right. So they had the ability to vocalise, which must have been something they were speculating on either pre or post Jurassic Park.
1: I'm mm-hmm. thinking post, because the, cause here Grant then brings up their hunting patterns, and she's like, so, so we were right. They were talking to each other when they were hunting us.
0: Mm. Yeah? yeah, they're sort of using... They're using, or referencing, what they witnessed the Raptors doing on the island post-film. And yeah, Alan says he's convinced it's the key to their social intelligence, which is why they could work together as a team. And Alan, sort of, they could coordinate their attacks. Prey wouldn't even know what's going on.
1: And that's the line that makes me think that he's talking about their experience, because it it felt like... And when you watch the scene, uh, Grant's head keeps uh, jerking back around, looking at every raptor every time one shrie- uh, makes a vocalization. And he's, he's clearly in that scene freaking out because he, he knows they're communicating and has no idea what they're saying.
0: In Jurassic Park?
1: In the first Jurassic Park, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah well, that's it. That, that that final scene where that big one comes in underneath the tarp or the, mm-hmm. the, the clear... Yeah, clear sheet and sort of vocalizes to one and the other, and you can see Grant clearly looking at each one as they vocalize.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: we sort of dismisses; they're just snarling, and there is some sort of communication there, but not maybe not as sophisticated as we think. But mm-hmm. he um.
1: I also think that it's interesting that throughout the uh, fran or not fran oh maybe a little bit yeah throughout the franchise we see the Raptors have a clear pattern. I'm not sure if the S- sound design guys who work on these movies intend for it, but there's definitely a dis- uh, distinct kind of pattern to the raptor vocalizations. Certain calls are used in certain actions, mm. you know, and they almost and you could almost, in a way, decode what the raptors are saying to each other mm. just by the how they re- what vocalizations they're making at what parts.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, that's and you can sort of retroactively now go back and look at Jurassic Park and those scenes with the raptors there, especially where you can clearly see them vocalizing at each other. I wonder if it's sort of a thing too where they used dolphin screams in that as part of the sound design, where we we know those dolphin screams mean something in dolphin language.
2: <laughs> we don't mm-hmm.
0: understand it, but they they can talk to each other in that sort of vocalization as well. Mhm.
1: Now, the uh, like you said, um, the the way that this, well, I mean ends out where, Ed, and I says, so they were right, the raptors could talk to each other. That's something that I think a lot of people misunderstand about this movie is that the raptors didn't actually get smarter, but this uh, breed of them are more, more socially voc- vocal with each other. They, they are more social, they're more open, they talk to each other more verbally than the raptors we've seen in the previous two movies, which use more body language. For Mm -hmm. example, um, John wrote or Gary, I'm sorry, Gary Reisham, who did the sound design imagined that the, the, when the uh, raptor clacks her toe on the ground in the kitchen, she's signaling to the other raptors. And then we, we see this brought back again in Jurassic world where blue taps her uh big toe claw on the ground and the other raptors hurry up and come up behind her so there's there's uh these raptors use more of a non-verbal communication versus the raptors in Jurassic Park 3 which clearly are more vocally social
2: hmm. yeah
0: I think, I think another thing too especially with this film is now they're they're finally sort of spelling out what's already been there
2: mm-hmm.
0: like the We've as we just said like Jurassic Park, you could tell um, you're not going to have in the Lost World where yes, those the red raptors might have been a little bit more wild and more feral. You can have our, uh, Ian coming out in the grass here and hearing that that curve of a raptor and knowing what it is, he's sort of he's not going to sit there and say it's it's communicating with others. He he knows that sound even though he shouldn't, and, and his mm-hmm. first instinct is to run. And as as we know they're coordinated. We've seen in the long grass they're coordinated in that attack as well. We just didn't get as much vocalization between them before Mm -hmm. the attack, but yeah.
1: Well, I also think that it's interesting that this movie, like you said, this movie emphasizes more their intelligence and like, and as I said earlier, uh, as I just said, the Raptors aren't necessarily smarter in this movie, Mm. but the movie puts this emphasis on their intelligence versus their brutality. And it kind of, and if you aren't actually really paying close attention to the three movies, you don't realize that they're not actually smarter. The other, two, the Raptors in previous movies, they could set traps, they could do all of this. They, this movie just puts more of an emphasis on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's just a, um, it's a big departure from what we've seen. That opening, so, in that scene of uh, Jurassic Park in the Raptor pen, where they feed them, and it's just wild and vicious, and there's no, there doesn't seem to be any intelligence there, even though we're getting told how intelligent they are. Um, it's just vicious attacking <laughs> a cow on a string but
2: mm-hmm.
0: and also' we discussed this in the first um, in minute zero when we'll talk about the trailer and that just again how they'll trying to push that the raptors have evolved when no it's sort of how they've always been. we've just never been really clued into that mm-hmm. So yeah that's um, that's the minute with some of the script um, comparisons we missed a little bit off last week with uh, minute five but while Alan's asking, what's his name, to the uh, the bird that's described as Alan's holding a cookie. We do see that in the film, but in the script he's sort of teasing Jack a lot more. Um, and Ellie sort of has the line after Alan says that the bird used to know him. Um, Ellie replies, <laughs> sorry, Alan, it's been six years, which gives us that time of how long mm-hmm. it's actually been since, well, since Alan and the bird had seen each other anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, definitely before um, Charlie was born.
0: Yes, yep. Yeah. And um, as I said before, when they uh, sit down at the dining table and Alan asks Mark what he does, Mark replies with bravado, I could tell you, but then I'll have to kill you. Which, again, just sort of having that little bit of a dig at Alan. <laughs> and also, um, there's the other bit, when Ellie asks Grant what's his, what's his been work, what he's been working on, Alan has a line before he says the other stuff, that um, they have a new site in Montana. Uh, well, until the money runs out anyway, then he sort of goes into Raptors and all that sort of stuff, so... Um, you know, know from that that he's still in Montana, and he's just found a new site there where he's trying to find raptors, and we see later he does. And the script sort of speaks of Alan's creepy leaning forward over the table as he's explaining his raptor research to um, to Ellie, and it's sort of... He realises that she's the only one he can really talk to about what they witnessed and experienced on Nublar because she was there with him where... He's probably had discussions with Billy and other people he works with, but it's not... It's, it'd be like an astronaut coming back and telling other people what space is like or something like that. Yeah. Just, you, you, the other person doesn't really, can't have that passion and know what the experience is like unless they're mm-hmm. there themselves.
1: And to continue uh, Grant's astronaut oh,
0: hey. uh, <laughs> hmm.
1: comparison here, Billy's, Billy's heard the stories and he wants to see and touch for himself. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, that's it, and we're gonna we're gonna get to more of that as the minutes go on. I think there's a a little bit of a hint to that too when we get to the lecture in a couple of minutes' time as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: but that's uh, that's minute six. Anything else on that you want to discuss before we get heavy for the day?
1: I think we covered that pretty well.
0: All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is Jurassic Minutes. Wordpress.com and you can find the lost world minutes and Jurassic minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there David where are you on Twitter and Instagram
1: uh, Twitter we are at Jurassic Minute uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes podcast
2: some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions this is how you make dinosaurs this is
1: how If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven could get me on that island. You deskie. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to Mommy now!
2: It's the it's the dinosaur man.